The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Howdy, Aggieland. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today, we have a very special guest over the phone. We have Suzanne Morrow, who is the artistic director at Ballet Brazos and past owner and founder of Suzanne School of Dance. And she's here to talk to us about her story, um, where her love for dance began, how she opened her own dance school here in the Brazos Valley, and how she continued to dance even after a very invasive surgery. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned to find out what that was. Um, and she will also be presenting the upcoming performance of The Nutcracker, organized by Ballet Brazos. And this will take place December 1st and 2nd in Rudder Auditorium. And you can purchase tickets right now at the MSC Box Office. And the website is boxoffice.tamu.edu. And I encourage you all to go as soon as you can because tickets are going fast. This is fun for the whole family. And the dancers are actually from 15 different studios around our community and surrounding areas. So you can make sure you're going to see some professional level local talent. Um, so yeah, make sure you go and purchase if you can. All right, let's start that interview with Suzanne Morrow. So hi, Suzanne. How are you today? Hi, Hector. I'm doing very well. Thank you. That's great. Um, and first off, I had a, a small question. Is Ballet Brazos a school of dance or is it a company? Ballet Brazos is a regional dance company. And um, yes, and it's so, our, our model is so unique, um, you know. And so I, it's going to be exciting to share with you um, all about Ballet Brazos. Great. I'm, I can't wait to get to it. But before we get there, I'd want to go into your background and see where your love for dance started. So I wanted to ask, at what age did you begin dancing? I began dancing at the age of three. And I, at two years old, I could not wait to, to, to get, I was putting on my sister's costumes and um, I couldn't wait to be able to take my own dance class. And I grew up in Orange, Texas, and I danced at Ingram School of Dance. Mm -hmm. So your yeah. sisters definitely influenced uh, that need or desire to, to start into it, huh? She did, but, uh, you know, interestingly, she did not, it was not her thing. So she, she stopped dancing around the age of eight or nine, I believe. Okay. And when did it become something you loved? 
um, because I know when you were three, you were very young. Um, but do you remember that instance in which, you know, you, you thought to yourself, this is what I want to do? Hector, I tell you, when I, the moment I stepped into that dance studio and, and started dancing, I never did not want to dance. I really believe it was just in my heart um, from the beginning, and I do believe I was created to dance. And so I, um, you know, in, in really seriously in my um, high school years, that's when I joined Beaumont Civic Ballet Company, and it was a regional ballet company. Um, similar to ours, um, but, and yeah, so it was classical ballet company, and I was also involved in um, Jefferson Jazz Ballet Company, and both of these companies were pre-professional companies, training dancers who, most of them wanted to pursue a professional career in, in dance, or possibly teach, and own their own studio. Oh, wow. So, it was really from the beginning, from the get-go, you knew this was your passion, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I can say that 100%. All right. And uh, that Ingram School of Dance was in Orange, Texas. Is there a difference between how um, like the, uh, the schools have their curriculum or is it pretty much the same wherever you go? You know, that's a good question, Hector. It's, you know, there are some studios that are very focused on ballet, the classical ballet. And, um, and, and I believe she was more focused on classical ballet. And there are studios that are more focused on jazz and tap and contemporary or hip-hop and even the competitive dance, you know, where they, they go to competitions. But this one was not focused on competitions. I don't even think competitions were back, you know, back in those days. That was many years ago, Hector. <laughs> but it was definitely ballet-focused. And, you know, in the curriculum is you still, in ballet, you have the same ballet terminology and tap. All of that's very similar. But it's just how, what is your focus? Okay, yeah. You went on to be a company member at Beaumont Civic Ballet, as you mentioned. Was this during high school? This was during high school, oh, so wow. I was actually, I was dancing Wednesday and Saturdays at Beaumont Civic Ballet and Sundays um, with Jefferson Jazz Ballet Company because I knew a lot of the dance, you know, the company members were doing both. And then my freshman year is when I started doing competitive diving. And that was interesting because at the time I had, I had gotten a pretty bad virus and I had to go to the emergency room. And that's when the nurses found out that I had scoliosis and we didn't even know what was scoliosis and it's curvature of the spine. And, and so the one thing that I had to give up was the competitive diving. And I'm so thankful that I didn't have to give up dance. So. Right. I mean, I, I saw that you were also in theater and cheerleading. How did you manage your time with all of that? I do not know, Hector. I just, when you're passionate about about something, I think you just make it work. And I don't know. I just remember going from school cheerleading to dance three nights a week. And I think theater would have been probably on the weekends. But at the same time, when there was a production, I know we had weekday rehearsals. So I think my dance teacher probably had to be a little patient. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So the one thing she put her foot down is she said, you can't run track because I was a really good hurdle. I, I like running hurdles hmm. and, um, but you know, just getting injured and things like that. But she put her foot down on that one. Right. Well, I mean, I wanted to go a little bit into that your scoliosis and that you had to have a, a corrective surgery for it. Um, can you share with us what exactly that surgery was and how it affected your dance? 
Yeah, it was so interesting, Hector. It, my freshman year, I found out I had scoliosis. They x-rayed it, and it was like a 19-degree curve. And then then within every six months, I'd go get it x-rayed. And so you do that to check the, the progression of the curve. Well, about a year into it, um, it had progressed to a 28-degree curve. And the, um, the doctor I was seeing wanted to have, have me have surgery to correct it at that time. Well, we're thankful that we went to Houston Methodist, which is absolutely the best. And they um, they said there is no need for surgery. We don't like to have surgery until it's in the the degree is in the 40s. And that gave me time. They just kept an eye on it, and I got to finish out my high school years of just a normalcy of dancing and cheerleading. I flipped all over the place, which was so fun. I was, you know, into acrobatics. And so I got to have a very normal life. And that was, that was really wonderful. Then I had surgery after graduation and I actually, they put two rods in my back, um, a compression rod and a Harrington rod. Um, and it's just the, the process is unbelievable. They, they put a plaster body cast on me. Um, it was about from my right below my neck down to my, probably my hip bones. Um, I had a little heart cut out in the middle with the fabric material so that we could change that out. But I, I had to wear this body cast for nine months. And at this time, they don't even cast any. They don't cast them. They, went, they did away with that. And But a year later, there's that passion. I was determined, and I got back on the stage to perform with the Nutcracker. So October, got my cast off that summer and was back rehearsing that fall. No way. I mean, that's insane. Uh, How did you recover so quick? I mean, did you have to start slowly at first? Golly, I just, I don't remember. You know, I just remember, I know my body, my, I was super flexible, you know, especially like I said, I did acrobats and I was like, I was a lot stiffer now, which can you imagine two rods in your back? But, but I don't know. That I adapted, you know, which is so crazy to me. And I just, I got back up there. I don't even remember. I, I just don't even remember like, wow, this feels so different. I, maybe it's just been so long ago, but I just, the one thing as I remember, I was back on that stage and it, I don't feel like it stopped me. And I don't, I don't know how that would have been possible, but. Wow. <laughs> Um, that's amazing yeah. I mean and then you went on six years of productions of the Nutcracker I mean that's amazing um, but I did want to ask before we get into Ballet Brasso's how did you end up in College Station yeah oh so my husband we we were married I was 20 and he was 21 and he had been to school two years and he wanted to go back he had a good job and then got laid off it was the oil field and he ended up going back to school and that was in that was in Beaumont at Lamar University. Well, he graduated in 84 and we moved to College Station and have n- never left and will never leave. But it was, he had a, in the oil and gas, he, he was, that's what brought us to College Station. And I was able to start, you know, I, I met um, Anna Ludmilla G. She was a former professional ballerina. She actually danced with Margot Fontaine, which is a famous ballerina. Um, and she taught dance. She was in her 80s, and I got I was able to take dance from her, continue taking classes, and that was from like 85 until I op- I opened my studio in 92. Right. I was going to ask why why the need to open your own school. 
why the need? Well, I knew, I really knew that that's, that's what I wanted to do. I, I loved teaching. And so I could teach at different studios, which I did teach at a few in, in Bryan College Station. But I just, I'll tell you what, Hector, it, it really just fell into my lap. And I knew I wanted to do this, but I had a friend that said, hey, I want you to teach my daughter's dance. And what do we need to do? I said, well, I need maybe five students to start and a place to have classes and we'll start. And so I started, we, there were 32 little dancers. Um, so that dream came true. And I'm really thankful for the 21 years of that I had the opportunity to own Suzanne School of Dance. And it grew from 32 to 400 students before I passed it on to one of my students, Bethany Brantley Slabos. She was Bethany Brantley, and she married a, a guy from the Netherlands named Patrick Slabos. So they're continuing this legacy as owners of Suzanne School of Dance. And so I'm just thankful I had that. You know, that, that was really a really big blessing in my life. Right. And, I mean, in the best place in the world. Where, <laughs> where else? I know. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask something a little more maybe philosophical. Um, why do you dance? Because I know that it's closely related to your faith as well. It really is. I, well, and, and that's the thing, Hector. I, wow, the, you know, I could go into that. It's something that's just very special to me is that whenever my dance, when that happened with my dance studio, at, my, at the time, my faith was really stronger. And so I'm thankful that, the Lord didn't give it to me <laughs> until I was ready because I that's I was ready to give it back to him. And that's when my the studio is a Christian-based studio, you know. I mean, it's faith-based. And um, truly, it truly was um, a special place, um, and it still is. Um, but we were able to glorify the Lord through dance, and that that's not always the way it is in the dance world, you know, because it can get crazy. And just because it's not a a faith-based dance studio, it doesn't mean it's not good. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I want you to hear me there. Um, but it was just so wonderful that I was able to honor the Lord with that studio. Right. I mean, that, that's beautiful. And which do you enjoy more, dance or teaching it? Mm -hmm. Well, teaching, I, I think, you know, passing that on, my passion to my students and just teaching them that, um, Excellence is not just the technique. There's more to it. Um, it's just your attitude and, and just giving your best. And if you, you know, and just having that passion because, you know, our audience can see a very trained technical dancer. But if they have nothing in the heart, you know, and they're not enjoying what they're doing, the audience doesn't want to watch this perfectly trained dancer that's just not feeling anything because what what our job is as an artist is to bring this story to life you know for our audience and and that means to make them feel what we're feeling you know and just it's normal because you're normally telling a story and so you want them to feel more than just I'm seeing it this technical ability is beautiful, but I wanted to teach my students excellence, but with the heart and the right attitude and that it's okay. They mess up. You know, you just have to always give your best and that's in, with anything in life. Yeah. How, how do you teach someone to feel? I think, you know, you're asking some really good questions. 
I think it's a matter, I think the teacher-student relationship is um, very important. And I've had students that aren't feeling anything. And I think the more that we work together and I can encourage them and pass that love and that feeling and that passion on to them, and that's with any teacher that is working with them. And because a lot of times teachers can actually pull them down and that's not healthy. Um, and they and it, they they can expect them to have perfection, and that's very that's impossible, you know. And so, I think just just believing in them, and you know, dancers are the most disciplined. They're the best. Um, I've heard this. I don't know if you've heard this, Hector, but ballerinas are usually the best employees because they're the most disciplined. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I, I have never heard it actually, but yeah, it definitely makes sense. And, <laughs> I mean, I love that, that that relationship between the student and the teacher needs to be there in order for them to apply it to their dance. I mean, that that's beautiful. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. Um, okay, well, back to Ballet Brazos. I know that yeah. December 1st and 2nd will be um, the production of The Nutcracker. So why do you love The Nutcracker so much? What makes it stand out from all the other ones? Because I know that you were in it for six years. I, I think that's probably what why I love The Nutcracker mm -hmm. so much is that it meant so much to me back then. And I had such fond memories of, of being a part of The Nutcracker. But, you know, and I never dreamed that I would get to be doing this you know, having, being the artistic director for Valley Brazos and we do the Nutcracker that, you know, this is our 12th year. Um, but, but would you like me to share kind of how it all began? Sure. Of course. So Diana Wilcox, um, she was my co-director for 11 years. Um, we met at the George Bush library during a Christmas performance in the veranda. And that was in 2011. And Diane and I, you know, I knew who she was. We just, we walked up to each other. We just, we, I introduced myself and we were just talking um, about, you know, the dancers that were dancing to some some little pieces from the Nutcracker as we were watching. And she said, you know, there's so much talent in our own community and we should consider creating our own classical ballet company. And I said, Diana, that's a great idea. I said, well, let's, let's get back together in the summer and talk through this. And so we did. And actually me and Diana and Katie Ellison, um, she's an experienced teacher and former director of a pre-professional company and a former professional ballerina herself. We all three knew each other and, um, we met, I'll never forget, we met at a little restaurant. We had our big chief tablets and we just started writing and planning and having this vision and just, we were so excited. And between us three with a volunteer army of volunteers and just dancers, just everyone came together so excited. We had two completely sold out shows 
um, that following December at Rudder High School Auditorium, and it holds like 750 seats, you know, so we had two sold out shows. It was just so beautiful. And the holiday tradition was born here in Bryan College Station for our community. Wow, that's a wonderful origin story. <laughs> sold out. Sold out, yes. It was really special. Mm-hmm. And how long has the current group that will be performing on December 1st and 2nd, how long have they been rehearsing for this? Yeah, so we have auditions every year in August. It's the third week of August. Okay. And um, so the first rehearsals, the first week of weekend of September. So all of our rehearsals are on Saturday. And we start the 1st of September, and we had our last rehearsal this past weekend. We're off for the Thanksgiving break, and we hit the theater next week. We go on, we load in everything on Tuesday. That means our, our sets and props, and um, they Rudder, it's at Rudder Auditorium at Texas A&M, so we're on the big stage. And they just, they, they hang the all the scenery and get everything ready, and our dancers arrive um, on Wednesday, we have our first tech rehearsal next Wednesday, um, and we have Act Two on Wednesday, Act One on Thursday evening, and then dress rehearsal on Friday morning, um, and then our first show December first at 7 p.m. and Saturday matinee at two, and the evening at 6:30. Oh wow! And I was actually wondering about the set and the props. Do you, does Valley Brazos produce everything? The props we produce, the sets we order okay. from, uh, well, no, I say sets. We have sets that we produce as well. We have a sets and props team, and they're amazing. Um, but we order our backdrops from Grosh, G-R-O-S-H. So it's a company we've, we've ordered our backdrops from the beginning. Um, and we even had the backdrops our first year. But but things have just totally evolved and just, you know, we didn't have a growing Christmas tree our first year, but when we moved to Rudder our second year, we had the capabilities of making that tree grow and snow falling, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Just to see the growth that we have had, it's just been beautiful. And just seeing where we started and, you know, the support of our community, um, yeah, but the sets are really pretty. We have um, a backdrop set for act, you know, our act one. We have actually two backdrops. So we have our party scene and we have our snow scene. And then intermission and in act two, we have the land of the sweets. Wow. I mean, I can imagine that then every year it just gets better and better, huh? <laughs> It really does, I have to say, and that's a wonderful thing to be able to say, um, you know, just adding a little newness in excitement each year. Um, usually a lot of a lot of things change with choreography and costumes, and, you know, we'll get to a place where we, um, we're, we're at a good place right now with costumes, so it gives our costume design team a break, <laughs> you know, so. That's nice. Um, and. How much are tickets and where can people purchase? Yes, tickets are at MSC box office. And they're, Hector, they're really going quickly. I think at this, you know, we have a week from the show and we've exceeded our sales. I think we're at close to 6,000 uh, 6, tickets wow. that have sold. It's, yes, it's a, it's a lot. And there's, so we, you know, I think the capacity 
is 7,500 um, because it holds 2,500 um, each for each performance. So we, yeah, MSC box office December 1st and 2nd. Um, the, I can tell you the matinee is very, like very, very few seat, seats for the matinee. But the evening production, you know, the evening shows, are, there will be more tickets available. And this year we have, we have a guest artist, Mary Mike Hatcher. She's a radio um, celebrity in town. She will be our evening performances. She'll be Mother Ginger. And that's where she's the big, huge skirt, you know, and the dancers, the little, her little polish Chanel's come out from under, you know, this beautiful big costume. So that's fun. That's awesome. That sounds so exciting. And I encourage everyone listening, if you can, make sure to try and purchase some tickets because you do not want to miss this. Um, all right, Suzanne, is, is there something about dance or art that you want our audience to know, but that we haven't quite spoken about yet? I, you know, I just like our mission, what, what we're passionate about Ballet Brasses is just to enrich the lives of young people through the art of ballet and to share quality classical ballet performances with audiences of all ages. And just as our vision really is just to support and strengthen the Brazos Valley arts community by cultivating a collaboration in ways that showcase, you know, our, the, the artist and, um, just our appreciation for the arts and to inspire the next generation. So, yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful tradition, the Nutcracker. And, and I, I've, what I love is that our community um, feels that this is where they can go to see the Nutcracker, you know, in their own community. We didn't talk about, we pull, our guest artists are from New York City Ballet, um, Andrew Vallette and Ashley Laracy. So they'll be joining us and we have Seth, York, he's coming from Dallas to be our our prince, and um, Andy and Ashley are our sugar plum and cavalier. So, but our own dancers here in the community are fantastic. So they're just beautiful. Awesome. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for um, agreeing to do this interview, and thank you for bringing the Nutcracker here to the Brazos Valley and making it a tradition here. Thank you so much. Aww. You're welcome, Hector. Thank you for having me. All right, you guys. Now to close off the show, we will be uh, listening to a performance by Priscilla Salisbury that was performed at the Plas Recital Series last year, 2022. And this is Willow's Song.
I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu.